You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. It's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. I am so excited about the conversation that we are going to have today with Dr. Nicole Fujiyama. She helps adults navigate and find natural solutions for autoimmune diseases in order to transform their health and get back to living their best life. As a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Nicole does more than just push supplements. With a combination of natural therapies and traditional Chinese medicine, she supports her clients by addressing their energy, digestion, sleep, stress, nutrition, and all the lifestyle factors that unknowingly trigger autoimmune diseases, which often go unaddressed and ignored in conventional medicine. But Dr. Nicole believes that this is exactly where huge health transformations can be found, and it is within each client's power to change these factors. Dr. Nicole attended Baxter, I think that's how you say it, University in Seattle, Washington. You can correct me. And her private practice is located in Torrance, California. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. This is going to be great. Did I say that the name right? Yeah. Um, you- Bastier. Bastier. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. <laughs> well, I, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been following you on Instagram. And if anybody is not following Dr. Nicole, you need to be because you just share such helpful information that's practical, that I feel like you put it out there in a simple way, which is really, that says a lot because it's not a simple, (laughs) it's not a simple thing that you're sharing about this whole topic of autoimmune disease and everything. So I'd love to know, where did you, what got you interested in all of this? Yeah. uh, Well, thank you for that. Cause that's actually one of my goals is try to make it as simple as possible. Um, which (laughs) you're right. It's really hard sometimes (laughs) to do that, but, um, I actually got started in it or I got more interested in autoimmune disease because I actually have one. Um, I have family members that have autoimmune disease and there wasn't much out there about what to do about it. I didn't know when I first got started, I didn't really know what to do about it because we also weren't taught, you know, extensively about that in our schooling. And so I did a lot of my own research. I did a lot more of my own going to conferences and learning from other doctors who have been working with this for a lot longer than I have and just learning from them and then kind of piecing it all together and figuring it out. And it took a little bit, but I think it's really important because autoimmune diseases are so prevalent, but not a lot of people know about it, which I think is really interesting and and a little bit weird (laughs) and it affects them, but a lot of people just don't know it. Yeah. And you know what, that's, that brings up such a good point. Can you just briefly explain what does it mean to have an autoimmune disease or to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease? Yeah. So it's, it's a little complicated because of the way medicine is just kind of set up, you know, it's just in specialties. And so like, you know, one group of doctors only look at your gut, one group of doctors only look at say joints and muscles or your heart, you know, but with autoimmune diseases, it can cover all those areas. It can cover anywhere in your body. And there really isn't an autoimmune specialist, you know, maybe like a rheumatologist or, but you know, they're just only looking at certain things or, um, so it's really hard to, I feel like get diagnosed in a way and, 
also the difference between like autoimmunity and autoimmune disease. I think I, I try to explain to people because that's a little different too. So autoimmunity is just when your body is making these autoantibodies doesn't necessarily mean that you have an autoimmune disease. An autoimmune disease is when you have these antibodies, plus you have signs and symptoms, and then also any tissue or organ damage that might be related or caused um, by that autoantibody and your immune system reacting to it. So they're, they're kind of, it's like a gradient, like a, a kind of a more of like a gray area as opposed to like a black and white. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful to understand the differences because I think that we hear these words thrown around and we don't know what they mean. Um, yeah. Even for me, it's like, I dig into so much research and so many, you know, all of this, but I still, it's like, it's always good to have a refresher because our bodies, and like I always say, our bodies are on our side. Our bodies are trying to protect us, but sometimes that protection looks like symptoms. So what are some symptoms that maybe... That, that you see that people are struggling with that they wouldn't even know is a symptom of autoimmune. Yeah. So it is so true. Like your immune system is actually trying to help you, you know, like, I think that's people are like, my immune system's attacking me. And it's like, well, you know, it's not really trying to do that. It's actually thinking it's helping you. Um, but there's just some, you know, cross wires going on, you know, so <laughs> there's some things that are kind of messed up. So, and usually the symptoms, I think this is also why it's hard to diagnose an autoimmune disease is because the symptoms start out so general. So usually it looks like fatigue, like a lot of decreased energy. It can be depression or anxiety, um, abdominal pain. It can be things like nausea, weight gain, um, hair loss, you know, so there, it starts off so general that a lot of times, most people just aren't even thinking that they have an autoimmune disease. They're just thinking like, oh, I'm just tired. Like I didn't sleep very good. I think I've just been like, you know, working too hard or things like that. So it's not necessarily the first thing that pops into your head, but they tend, that tends to be what comes up is these very general symptoms that can be related to really multiple diseases and conditions. And so most people just aren't thinking like autoimmune disease on the top of their head. Yeah. I love that. That's really helpful. Now let's dig a little bit into, cause I know there are so many autoimmune diseases that we could touch on, or I could ask questions about, but I'm seeing an increase and maybe you are as well. And people who are struggling with thyroid issues and not all thyroid issues are autoimmune, but they can definitely mm -hmm. turn that way. So maybe you can break that down for us. Yeah. So yeah. Autoimmune thyroid issues are super common actually. Um, just hypothyroidism is common in general, but the most common reason, at least in the U S for hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And that is an autoimmune disease. So I think that's what people don't realize. So, you know, when they go to the doctor and this is what I don't understand when it comes to like conventional medicine, you know, if somebody is diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I don't understand why they just won't run their thyroid antibodies just to check because it is the most common reason why people would have it, especially for women, you know, men get it too. Um, I've had men comment and they're like, I get it too. I'm like, I know, but it's more common in women um, or it's more, more prevalent in women. And um, I just don't know why they just don't run it because if you can run it and you catch it early, you know, that can save anyone who's diagnosed with it or anyone who possibly has it like, it can save their thyroid, you know, save like any sort of tissue damage. 
Um, and any sort of like cross reactions that can occur because when you have Hashimoto's, a lot of times you just, if it's been going on for a while, you just don't have Hashimoto's. You know, just having an autoimmune disease can increase your chance of developing another autoimmune disease, you know, because it makes sense. Your immune system is kind of out of whack. And so if it's out of whack doing that, it can affect other areas too. So usually when women have Hashimoto's um, or men, they tend to get other things like pernicious anemia or like rheumatoid arthritis, you know, these other autoimmune disease that again can look just like, oh, I just have joint pain or, oh, I'm just tired, you know, and you're not really looking into it. But so I think that's why it's, it's really important. Um, and maybe why we're seeing so much more of it is that more people maybe are getting tested for these antibodies a little bit earlier or just in general. But yeah, I think it's really important if you have hypothyroidism that you get tested for these antibodies, but that's not, that's not the current recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to get more into that and talk about all these different testing procedures that we have. But before I do, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Pros. Now, just like we are talking about there not being a one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to our health, there's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. I know for me, my hair even changes seasonally, like as we transition from the humidity of the summer down here in the south to cooler weather, my hair changes and my hair needs change as well. Well, thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. It looks so much healthier. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, Pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. First, Pros starts by asking about you as a person with their in-depth consultation. Pros asked me some really unexpected things like what zip code do I live in? What, what are my eating habits? What's the damage level to my hair? How often do I exercise? I thought it was really interesting that they took such a comprehensive approach because the state of your hair really does reflect your lifestyle. Next, Pros analyzed all my answers and determined what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of my custom routine. Together, Pros got all my hair goals covered. I was really excited to receive a new kind of supplements that I'd never tried before to specifically help with my scalp health. I was really thrilled about the new curl cream that I'm trying out. And I will say that my hair does seem shinier. It seems more healthy. It's hard to describe unless you try it for yourself. Now, as a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that that's important to me. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they'll even take the products back, no questions asked. I really recommend you trying this out. I know for me, I don't like to spend all my time at the grocery store or the beauty store figuring things out, and Pros makes it easy for me to find the hair care products that I need for my unique hair. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com spark. That's P-R-O-S-E 
com slash spark for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. All right, Dr. Nicole, let's get back into, you were talking about some of the testing that goes along with hypothyroidism. I really want to know, so what are the current tests that, that we're getting to determine hypothyroidism? What's traditionally being tested? Yeah, so most medical associations um, to diagnose hypothyroidism, what they would usually run is just a TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone um, that comes from your brain that tells your thyroid to um, make hormones. <laughs> and so usually like for an annual test, say your doctor will just run that. And if that level or that number starts going higher, then they'll run something called um, a free T4 which is um, one of your thyroid hormones. And then if that is low, then they'll diagnose you with hypothyroidism and then kind of leave it at there. You know, then they'll maybe give you some thyroid hormones and call it a day. You know, so they won't really be looking um, any more than that. And plus you have to wait until your TSH starts getting high, like really high, and depending on the doctor or what kind of guidelines they follow. You know, so your thyroid could be going, you know, just struggling for like a while, <laughs> while, you know, while these numbers are creeping up. Um, and then sometimes your TSH is high, but your um, free T4s are normal and they can stay that way for a while too. And that's like subclinical hypothyroidism and they usually won't do anything then. They'll just kind of wait and see and see, you know, what happens with your thyroid. So that's usually what happens. Yeah. And so often, I mean, this is the kind of situation where we have people who are struggling with mystery symptoms and they're not getting, oh, your numbers look fine because they might look fine for a while until one day they don't. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it depends on who you see. So like for some doctors, like what looks normal is different from what I think is normal. <laughs> like my ranges when it comes to labs are much more narrow. Whereas I think some doctors, depending again on what kind of guidelines they follow, can be very big ranges, you know? So when they look at, um, when the labs are going out of range, that's when they'll be like, oh, okay, then we need to do something about it. But if that range is huge, you know, I mean, you could be waiting, you know, years before <laughs> your actual numbers get past that. And there's already, you know, things are already happening. Things are already going on. You know, your thyroid is being affected. Your whole body really is being affected because you have thyroid receptors everywhere. You need thyroid hormones for a lot of things in your body. So it's just not, I feel like there's, there's better ways that we could probably handle that. Ooh, then let's get into that. What, what are some better <laughs> ways? Because you're right. There are people that are going, they're like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. And the doctor's like, Hey, your labs look great. No, there's something wrong. I'm off. What's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So again, it depends on the doctor and, um, how they're viewing those labs. But again, like I would recommend, and again, this is not recommended, I think in the, the guidelines right now is to get like a full thyroid panel. And they say that it doesn't, there's no evidence that it'll actually help diagnose to help you manage your thyroid or, you know, it goes, it adds more health costs, but I feel like it's a really good thing to get. Um, you don't have to get it all the time, but it gives you a picture of maybe what's going on in your thyroid, a better picture, you know, and definitely for, if for women, 
and for men to, you know, getting your thyroid antibodies tested, I feel is really important because that's going to show up, you know, years or months before you will get diagnosed with Hashimoto's and it'll show like your immune system is making antibodies against your thyroid. And while that's not affecting the thyroid numbers, the labs, you know, like the TSH or any of the hormones now, it's going to, if it keeps going and you don't address it. So I feel like just getting that antibody, it just, you know, it can be like an early warning, you know, an early um, predictor of what's going to happen if you keep going the path that you're on. Yes, this is a really good segue to get into lifestyle factors. I have a lot of questions about that. But before we go there, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Blue Land. A lot of people think that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective, especially when it comes to cleaning. Sure, it might say all natural, but you're not really sure if it gets the job done. Blueland has fixed that with its revolutionary refill tablets. Blueland was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a simple idea. Buy the bottle once, refill it forever. No more plastic waste. From their best-selling Clean Essentials Kit to their hand soap duo, Blueland offers safe, smart options for every inch of your home. Just fill Blueland's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes you have powerful and effective cleaning products in the most incredible scents. And now Blueland has teamed up with Disney to create a magical collection of hand soap forever bottles designed with Mickey and Friends whimsical personalities in mind. Blueland's stunning, high-quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused forever with money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2. So, cut the plastic waste without sacrificing clean. Get Blueland. You'll love it and the planet will thank you. I love that none of the ingredients that Blueland uses are on the Environmental Working Group Unacceptable list. I've really been enjoying the laundry tablets. I've noticed that they get a lot of the stink out that I need them to get out. And I've been so happy about that because it is really hard to find a company that has this clean of ingredients that actually works for laundry. I'm a big fan of that. I'm loving all of the cleaning products. The glass cleaner has really been effective at getting rid of smudges that my kids make when they're brushing their teeth. And again, these are cleaner ingredients. It makes me so happy. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com spark. That's 15% off your first order of any products Blueland offers at blueland.com slash spark. Blueland.com slash spark. You definitely have to check it out. I'm a huge fan myself. Now, I'm excited that we got onto the subject, Dr. Nicole, because I really do want to know what are some of the lifestyle factors that play a role Like when we're talking about stress, food, and toxins, our environmental toxins, as I was just talking about, what do we need to look out for? Oh, there's so many. Um, (laughs) It you know it's it's hard because it really depends on the person. But I think in general, I mean, if you just look at our society right now in general, um, just the way we live. So not even you doing anything, just kind of what you're exposed to. I feel like environmental toxins are a huge one. And, and I feel like that's something that we can control, but also something that we're, you know, we can't control, but I feel like that could, that could be one of the big reasons why we're seeing this rise in autoimmune diseases as well, too. 
um, is just this environmental toxin. And that's, that's in your food, you know, that's in the air that you breathe, you know, that's, um, it's just kind of everywhere. And so finding ways to help minimize that and decrease that and figuring out ways to, if you do have a high toxin or toxic burden in your body to figure out ways to actually get rid of that, make sure your detox organs are open and flowing so that your body's able to process whatever you come in contact with and hopefully get it out. Yeah. Um, how much does the liver factor in? Because I recently heard somebody describe the liver as the soccer mom of the body, like basically just doing everything and kind of goes unnoticed most of the time, but is doing all of it. So how can we support our liver health when, when we're talking about really all autoimmune, but specifically with thyroid, I know there's a connection there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your thyroid is connected to everything. And so is your liver. I mean, all your blood gets filtered through your liver, you know, so your liver does so much and yeah, it gets so little love (laughs) from so many people from everyone, really, even my liver could use some love. But um, some of the things that you can really do are, well, one, you know, try to avoid (laughs) any sort of toxins. You can limit it, you know, and that includes things like alcohol, you know, uh, processed foods, um, sugars, things like that, you know, just kind of general um, healthy eating really helps your liver. If you can eat more organic foods as much as possible, because conventional and even organic foods are exposed to herbicides and pesticides. And that's something your liver has to process too. You know, so you just even doing that small step can help reduce that toxic load, that toxin burden on your liver. Um, there's so many good herbs that support your liver, things like milk thistle and um, artichoke like that. And you can, artichoke you can eat as well too. Um, so many, there's supplements that you can take as well too that help support it. Um, there's like castor oil packs. There's like so many good things that you can do to like support your liver, uh, drinking water, (laughs) Mm -hmm. making sure you sleep. Yeah. I can just go on and on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, something that I've incorporated more recently that I recommend to a lot of people is knack. And that is Mm -hmm. one that has recently been removed from Amazon. You can't get it on Amazon anymore, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but um, it's a precursor to glutathione, Mm -hmm. right? Is -hmm. that something that you would recommend for people to support liver, to support Mm -hmm. what else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, N-acetylcysteine and glutathione are really good. Um, Glutathione, I, I really like because it's just kind of this master antioxidant. So it helps uh, not just your liver, but really everywhere in your body. And if your body is undergoing a lot of what they call oxidative stress, so, and if you tend to be more inflammatory, your body's going to be using up glutathione like nobody's business. And so most people probably are pretty deficient. And so either taking like NAC or glutathione is going to help just balance that out. It's going to help with inflammation. It's going to help you deal with oxidative stress. And that includes any stress from getting exposed to these toxins as well too. And so it, it helps just overall in your body. But yeah, I love, uh, NAC you can use for different reasons as well too. And, um, but it is a precursor to glutathione, which is great as well. 
Yeah. I'm, I love that we're having the liver conversation because I think that's important. You know, it's interesting. A friend of mine, um, you'll love this. She actually told me that she, um, her lab test came out, her antibodies, her thyroid antibodies were not there, I guess, like everything. It looked like she didn't have Hashimoto's. Um, and she had been using infrared sauna consistently mm-hmm. and basically kind of reversed, reversed what she had been told. So mm-hmm. How, how crazy is that? I mean, is it, can detoxing be that powerful? Yeah. If you're like, if your main trigger is toxins and these toxins are triggering your immune system, you know, to it just stimulating, creating lots of inflammation, creating these autoantibodies, if you're able to help reduce that toxin load, you know, and uh, sauna is one, a really good way to do that then that can really calm your immune system down. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be reflected in, you know, you're just not going to be making these antibodies and that can take some time to actually show up on the lab. So I'm assuming she's probably doing this for a little bit. Um, but yeah, there, it can get to a point where you look at your labs and it doesn't look like you have anything wrong with your thyroid or Hashimoto's, which is great because that means yeah. you're in remission. You just want to keep that as long as possible. <laughs> and that's, and that's the goal, right? Is like, we want yes. to <laughs> try to reverse and it can happen. And what are some yes. other things that we can be doing to restore our bodies to reverse? Because many of us, we could be, I mean, we can be on the downward spiral right now and not know it. Mm-hmm. So what could we be doing daily incorporating to support our body's healing processes? Yeah. And, and I just want to say that you can, you know, put Hashimoto's in remission because I've done it like just in, with my own labs. And it really depends on the person. So what these things may or may not work with for you. So that's why you have to talk with your doctor about that for sure, because I'm not your doctor. So just a disclaimer <laughs> for people, but there's so many things you can do. And you want to think about all the different things that can affect your body and your immune system. So the first thing really you want to look at for people is your gut. Like how is your gut health doing? You know, like how, how do you feel after you eat? Um, do you get a lot of bloating? You know, do you, are you having a lot of increased food sensitivities? Do you react to a lot of foods now that you didn't before? Like what's going on with your gut? You know, so for some people that may involve healing their gut first, and then they can move on with other things. For other people, it could be that what you're eating right now is just a lot of crap, right? And so you want to go and remove those foods and add in a healthier version of that, whatever that is for you. There's a lot of different nutritional therapy protocols that you can follow. It just really depends on the person and what's right for you. Stress, I feel like is a huge one. I've seen that be a really big one for a lot of people as one of their main triggering factors that will put them in a flare or just start causing a lot of other issues in their body. And if you, if that is, if that is you, (laughs) then you need to find a way to start incorporating stress um, management that works for you. And for some people that could be journaling, that's exercising, you know, that's meditating, it's getting enough sleep. And so, you know, you, you really, this is, I think where I work with people is just helping them figure out what works for them and then creating a plan for them that they can follow and work on really, because it's always changing and what affects you, your triggers can also change as well too. So, you know, sleep, food, stress, getting out into nature, moving your body, remo- removing or reducing your toxin load, um, all those things, I feel like are a really good place to start. 
Yeah, I agree. And the stress conversation, man. And it's interesting. I've been fascinated to know people who can just pinpoint the moment that they experienced trauma is about when all of their autoimmune issues started as well. And that mind body connection is so, so powerful. And I know that's something that you believe in as well, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I work a lot with people on mindset. So I feel like that's huge. And I think there was a study or I think a couple studies done about PTSD and autoimmune diseases as well too, which was really interesting. And yeah, it, it can increase your risk for developing an autoimmune disease. I don't, I don't know if they were specifically said which one, but uh, just in general, but yeah, it, it makes sense. If you think about it, the way stress this effect that it has on your immune system, what kind of does the way it affects your gut, you know, which is where the majority of your immune system is. So yeah, it really makes sense, but mindset is huge. So that's what I always tell people too, is that when you start working on this, like autoimmune disease, you know, it, for, I would say 99.9% of people, this did not happen overnight. So it usually takes years. And for some people, we can trace it all the way back to when they were really young or even, you know, when they were born and babies. And so this is like an ongoing process and kind of a accumulation of all the things that have been going on in your life. So I tell people like, keep that in mind when you are working on your body, like you have to be patient, you know, you have to realize that this is a, a lifestyle, like you're changing your life. And so that can take time. And so you want to be patient with yourself, patient with whoever you're working with, you know, as you both work on figuring this out. Yeah, that's, that's so good because it is, I mean, I think sometimes when we hear a diagnosis or, and that's kind of the danger with these labels and the diagnoses that we're given, it's like, oh, well, I'm broken. My body's broken. Here's what I have to do. And for the rest of my life, I'll be struggling with this. And even just that, it's that, um, almost the, the no, we have the placebo effect. We have the nocebo effect. Right. And that's mm-hmm. just this like, well, yeah, now I am going downhill because I'm saying I'm going downhill, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I, I love that you incorporate that because I think it's powerful. What about, um, food sensitivities, you know, mm-hmm. like things like gluten and dairy. Are you, um, I know many people who work with autoimmune would recommend say something like autoimmune protocol or whatever. Um, do you recommend that as well? Do you have other things that you use? Well, when we're talking food, where do you go? Yeah. So if people are coming to see me and they have an autoimmune disease, or I, I suspect that they have one, I would definitely use the autoimmune protocol because it just eliminates all the, you know, highly inflammatory foods and just foods that can cross react with other, other things and create more inflammation and trigger more antibodies depending on the person, but not everyone needs to do that. You know, like they don't have to stay on that protocol for their, the rest of their life. You know, that's not, that's not really one. I don't think that's possible for a lot of people, but a lot of people don't need to, but initially, yes, <laughs> you do. And you have to be pretty strict about it because we are trying to calm your immune system now. We're trying to decrease uh, they, these auto antibodies that your body's making. And so you have to be pretty strict for, I would say a minimum of like three months. You know, I think that's where people really mess up is that they have these cheat days and you really can't, you know, because you're just because you cheat one day, your immune system and the symptoms that you have can show up days later, you know? And so you're just constantly triggering your immune system, constantly triggering, tr- triggering inflammation 
And so you're just going to be like, well, this doesn't work. Like I still have symptoms, you know, this is all, this is still going on. Like this diet doesn't work. This is, this is dumb. That's not it. It's just that you have to be really about it in order to give your body that chance, that opportunity to calm down and to heal and your body will heal. That's what's amazing. And hundred percent believe this, that your body is meant to heal. It will heal. You just got to get out of your, your body's way. Like you're in your body's way. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. We are many times we are just fight, instead of leaning into what's going on and asking, you know, like, Hey body, how can I partner with you? We just mm-hmm. battle against it and fight against it and get in the way of healing. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think when it comes to food sensitivities, I think it's important for, or just triggering foods, right? I think it's important for people to understand. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, five days of it, or just one tiny bite, your body is still going to see that triggering food as, as kind of an invader, right. As like an attacker to your immune system. Yeah. If you are developing, like if you do a test and for food sensitivities and you have antibodies against that specific food, so that's important you know, because every time you eat that food now, if you don't give your immune system a chance to calm down, you are making antibodies to that food. So every time you eat it, your immune system is reacting and that those antibodies, that food could possibly cross react with other tissues in your body. So when you eat that food, you're not only creating these antibodies and causing inflammation, you also could be possibly affecting a sort of tissue or organ in your body as well too, because your immune system can't tell the difference right now. And so I feel like that's really important. And that's one of the reasons why too, that autoimmune protocol is so strict is because you're taking out a lot of those foods that could possibly do that. And also if you're just getting tested specifically, then you can see other foods as well too, that could be your trigger and you just don't know it, that your body's creating these antibodies too, that you just don't know it. And so taking those foods out for a period of time too, is also going to help. And I felt like that was really shocking. So a lot of people, I, I have them do these food sensitivity tests, sensitivity tests, and they come back with like the weirdest food sometimes, but <laughs> where they are, their body's making antibodies to these foods, but I'm starting to see a pattern like with different autoimmune diseases. I notice like similar foods start popping up, which is really interesting. So, and it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, no, that is interesting. And I think it's interesting. I've noticed for me and my family members, it's our frequently consumed foods mm-hmm. that pop up strongest. Well, one thing I see a lot, and it, I don't know if it's just um, like here in the US is that we, our diets tend to not be very varied. <laughs> it's not very diverse. And so people tend to eat the same things like over and over and over again. And that's not good for your gut. It's not really good for your microbiome. And again, you're going back to your gut. That's where a lot of your immune system is. And so eating a variety of food, and then if you're, or not eating a variety of food, and then if you're eating a lot of processed foods or just kind of the same foods over and over again, if your immune system is getting really inflamed and you eat these foods over and over again, your immune system might start reacting to those foods. And that's why you see some people who they, their diet becomes so restrictive where they're like, I can only eat five things. And those are the only five things I don't react to. It's not the foods, you know, it's, it's your gut. It's like, it's your immune system. You got to work on those. It's not the foods. 
you know, so it's not necessarily they're allergic to all the foods out there. It's just that they're losing something called immune tolerance and they need to work on their gut and their immune system, microbiome, all those things. Yeah. That's a really good thought. I love that. Do you do, um, gut testing for people? Do you work with like looking at gut bacteria, looking for parasites, viruses, you know, those kinds of things? Yes. Yep. Is that usually pretty revealing? Like, does, does that help you to understand, see a bigger picture of what's going on? Mm, for some people. Yeah. For some people, it's really helpful. And for some people I'm like, mm, this is not as helpful as I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, you know, just with like labs too, it's, I'm still looking at the whole person. So even mm. if the lab kind of is not showing me what I feel like is kind of going on, I will still treat the person, not necessarily the, the lab results. I think that's that. good. Yeah. I, I like that because I think we do rely on labs so much for a lot of things, but your labs change can change depending on your stress factors, what cycle of your, you know, what phase of your cycle, your menstrual cycle you're in. Right. I mean, yeah, we base no, a lot on one lab. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. And, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, you know, your labs are just a snapshot of what's going on at that moment in time. And it can change. And that's why with Hashimoto's too, sometimes that's why it takes so long to get diagnosed is because you can take it to that one time where everything looks perfect and it looks like you don't have it. But, you know, for me, like when I did my labs and it showed like basically my labs look normal and you wouldn't think I had Hashimoto's, um, but that's not true. Like I, I still have it, you know, it can still flare um, if I'm not taking care of myself and those antibodies can pop up again. So that's why the labs, like they're really good and they're super helpful and really important, but at the same time, they're not the end all be all when it comes to your health. Yeah, I think that's good. What, so what part does, um, you know, we talked in your bio about Chinese medicine and mm-hmm. I'd love to know what part that plays a role in, in what you do in your work. Yeah. Chinese medicine, it's so good. I feel like it fills in all the gaps in like Western medicine or conventional medicine. It just, it looks at the body in such a different way. So traditional Chinese medicine is not just acupuncture. It's also food therapy. It's also Qigong. Um, There's a couple other branches. There's like massage as well too. And so it's really its own kind of medicine. But I feel like looking, sometimes when I get stuck with a patient, I'll take, look at them from a more, traditional Chinese medicine perspective. And I feel like, I feel like it gives me a different insight about maybe what's going on in their body and where to treat or how to treat. But I love using Chinese herbs. I love using acupuncture as well too. I feel like it's really helpful when people have stress or anxiety or depression, if a pain is a huge part of their, of their health, or they're having issues with a lot of pain. And sometimes I feel like the Chinese herbs work better than some of the Western herbs that I use, depending on the person, their body just has a, has a different response to the herbs. So I'll use those instead. And yeah, I just love it. I think they work so good together. So most patients that I see, they usually do both. <laughs> I love that. I, Cause I think we get so pigeonholed into one area, one specialty, one focus that we're all so unique. People are so unique and we need different 
you know, I'm not, my body's not going to respond the same way as another person's nobody's body's going to respond the same way as one other, you know? So I, I really appreciate you being open to just different ways of using different tools. And I will say, I haven't talked about this in a long time on the show, but I, when my son, my youngest, he was struggling, he was on his way to an asthma diagnosis and my pediatrician was awesome. She um, had gotten trained at the integrative medicine school, whatever it's called. (laughs) And so she had more of a holistic perspective and she said, well, you know what? He's on his way to getting diagnosed with asthma. He's about to be diagnosed basically, but we're going to reverse it. And we absolutely did. And it was through a combination of gut healing. She recommended acupuncture. I mean, if you can imagine a little, you know, 18 month old (laughs) getting acupuncture, like it, it annoyed him. It didn't hurt. It annoyed him (laughs) that like these things, you know, that he had the things in his, you know, and then we had the, it's like an electric, I can't even remember. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it was Mm -hmm. so great. And it was such a great experience for me. But what I found interesting is the woman who did acupuncture on him is she asked me, um, what my health was like when I was, when he was being conceived and mm-hmm. I found that so fascinating, they, that she was digging deeper than anybody else had on his health. It wasn't like, you know, oh, he was on too many antibiotics, which definitely was a factor, but what was his life? What was my health like at the time of conception? Cause that is important. It is so important. That's amazing by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I mean, that's where I I dig into all of this because I I want people to know that healing can absolutely happen. And I think when kids are younger, it's a little bit easier actually, because they don't have as many toxins stored up fighting against them. Um, But well, not all, Uh, but yeah. So I just, I love that you do that. And what about, you know, I love, I've never asked anybody this. So while we have just a tiny bit of time, I got to ask you, tell me about Chinese face mapping. Do you use that? Oh, (laughs) I think that's so cool. And I just have never asked anyone about it. Yeah, I, I do actually. Um, you, what's interesting about Chinese medicine is that you're, any place in the body can actually represent your whole body. And I think that's what makes the treatment. That's why you can treat so many different ways with acupuncture and why um, so many acupuncturists treat differently. So like, yeah, for sure on your face, your face can represent um, all the organs in your body as well too. And it'll show what's going on in your body. Your tongue can do the same thing. Even like your ears, there was, there's a really famous um, face reader. Um, her name, oh my gosh, what is her name? Lillian Bridges, I believe. And if you ever read her book, it's super interesting. Like you can tell, so it, it, it differs on men and women, but on starts with your ears, you can see like different stages of their life. And you can tell just by what's going on, the, the way the ears look, if something happened and what age that happened. And you can see it also show up in your face. So if you have certain markings or even lines and wrinkles, then that can indicate either a specific uh, time period in your life or something that might occur in the future or kind of what emotions are going on or that you experience through your life. So you just by looking at your face and your ears, you can kind of get a picture of what a person might be like or some things that they might've gone through, like their personality. Um, Even just looking at someone's face, you can see or tell what's going on in their body, like based on the organ system and the diagnosing system in Chinese medicine. So are they more of a spleen person, a liver person? Are they more a lung person, kidney? Are, Are these deficient? Are they excess? And then that can determine, okay, does they need more support here? Or these are possibly some of the symptoms that are going on with them. 
same with the tongue. The tongue is amazing. You can tell a lot about what's going on in someone's health just based on their tongue, whether they're stressed or not sleeping well, where they have um, gut issues, where they have genetic kind of gut issues, some uh, symptoms they might be having, where that might be located. And so it kind of gives you an idea of just kind of generally what's going on with that person and what treatment they might need or where they might need more support and just even acupuncture too, like what channels maybe you want to choose to help support them. So that's why it's, it's great. I, that's why I love using it with my patients too, because it just gives like an extra insight or a different insight about what's going on and it can lead my, my treatment in a different direction, or just maybe I'll just start asking them different questions about what's going on. But yeah, in Chinese medicine and it, well, even in uh, naturopathic medicine too, you know, looking at your parents and what was going on with them and what gets passed down to you also plays a, a big role too. So especially in, yeah, in Chinese medicine, you know, that can determine if you need certain herbs and early on and maybe what even diseases you might develop as you age. So mm. yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to look at the face reading, it's super interesting. Yeah. I need to look that up. I need to, and you said there's a book on it. Yeah. It's, oh, what is that book called? I think it's called like facial reading. I gotta look, I have mm. it. Um, but yeah, it's great. It'll yeah. tell you like the different lines and even like the shape of someone's mm-hmm. face, mm-hmm. um, kind of how their personality might be like huh. what, yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's great. <laughs> uh, well, and I've noticed most of my injuries that, that happen, whether it's my back or just everything happen on the, my left side of my body. And so mm-hmm. I've always connect them like, hmm, that's it. you know, it's like, it's just things that, and, and I have to say, because I know people could be listening at this point going, oh my gosh, that sounds so woo woo, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's ask what's really woo woo, because this is something that's been around for thousands of years. Whereas we have medications that are being recalled. <laughs> all the time, um, because they're the real, woo, you, know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so that, you know, and a lot of the stuff is being backed. Now there's other research being done when it comes to, especially like trauma that we carry in our DNA or toxins we carry in our DNA. We have so many studies showing what Chinese medicine knew a long, long time ago. Um, we have more and more studies to prove that from an, you know, more of an allopathic perspective, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I just, oh, I love, I love asking you questions because it's just, it's fun to pick, pick your brain. So tell me, you know, one of the last questions I will ask, because it's always one of my favorites to ask is if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. Ooh, can I take like a second to think about it? Hmm. Well, I think the first thing that just popped up in my head for whatever reason was your gut health. I think I'd want to just remind people that don't ignore your guts. Don't ignore any bloating symptoms that you're having, any abdominal pain, gas, eating, heartburn, all that is not normal. And you, it's, it's a signal. It's a warning for you that your body's trying to tell you that something is not right with your gut and your digestion. And again, your gut is where your immune system, majority of it, majority of it lies. And so you really want to work on healing your gut is probably the best advice I could give (laughs) to people. Yeah. I love that. It is the gateway (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and so many symptoms that you you've mentioned people like, Oh, well that's, that's just normal. I just, you know, 
pop a, you know, a Prilosec and I'm good or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that, that is telling your body something. So I appreciate that, that you reminded us of that again, because it is, it's so important. Yeah. So we're, we're, yeah. Oh, sorry. I just mm-hmm. want to say it's also that connection to, for autoimmune disease. So it's kind of like a gateway to autoimmune diseases as well too. Yes. So that's why it's so important. Yes. And, you know, we kind of, I kind of got you on a tangent we kind of got away from the autoimmune, but yeah. <laughs> thanks for reminding me to tie it back in <laughs> because yeah. it really, it, you're right. That's important. Yeah. I, and just one last thing, I think there was a study on that too recently about your gut microbiota, your microbiome really related to like rheumatoid arthritis, you know? Mm. So, I mean, right there, like you said, the science is like, you know, slowly catching up, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of evidence out there about just natural therapies, healing your gut and all those things. So if your doctor tells you that it's woo, you have a lot of studies to back up what we're saying. Absolutely. And then maybe get a second opinion and find a different doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I've I done that. Telling- I've been there. <laughs> it works. I've been, I've been telling people a lot that like, I've been telling them that a lot lately, like find another doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if they there are many that are going to believe something different and who have done more of the research. Cause a lot of this has just been done in the last 20 or so years. It's still new. Mm-hmm. It's still a new frontier. So yeah. So just to, to recap what you've said, because you've shared so many good things, but if you're struggling with, with autoimmune issues, look at the gut, look at toxins, look at your stress, look at food and, and food that could be therapeutic and healing and maybe do an elimination diet for a while. I think that that those are some really powerful takeaways and where can people contact you for more information? about what you do. Yeah. So you can reach me on my website, which is drfujiyamand.com or, and there's a contact page as well too. And then also if you're interested in becoming a patient, and then also you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Nicole ND. And I tend to post a lot of information about more autoimmune disease specifically. And then I also have an email list that you can access through either one of those pages And there I talk, I talk about autoimmune disease, but I kind of talk about more general wellness as well, too, if anyone's interested in that as well. Oh, yes. Give me all the wellness. It's always helpful, (laughs) especially these days. I want the real solution. So I thank you so much for always sharing truth with a lot of grace. And also you you keep things a little bit simple. And and as far as complicated concepts, simple to where people like me, who I don't have all of the training that you had, I can look at and go, oh, those are some takeaways. I appreciate that. There need to be more voices like yours out there. And so I appreciate yours and I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for inviting me. I had a lot of fun and I really appreciate you um, saying what you said. So thank you so much. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.